0: Welcome to the podcast where we discuss the most recent installments of a different series every show. Apple TV Plus has just released a new space drama. The first three episodes have been available since Wednesday, February 21st. After a brief overview of the plot, we're going to discuss the production, comparisons, pros, cons, ultimate takes. It's February 23rd, Friday, and you are listening to today's episode.
1: Apple likes to do a lot of space shows. It does indeed. And they do a ton of different genres as well. You had like Hello Everybody which premiered last year which was a comedy. You had Snoopy in Space which ran from 2019 to 2021. Yeah, but let's talk about the
0: real ones. Yes. So you have For All Mankind which really launched Apple TV and as a platform. And just came out with a
1: few uh new which season I'm still last watching. Month.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then Invasion which I also watched but more of a hate watch <laughs> like those fandoms because that's in its second season. Uh did it get canceled? No, I think, no, I, even, think it, I think it's, it's been going to continue for a third it's season. Going to continue what about Both
1: foundation the- though that was something, foundation
0: that was something is a space show isn't it yeah, yeah. and I, I am sort of watching I'm making my way through the second season that is like the only space thing that I could not compare Constellation to because I just didn't think of it when I was doing my notes. I have so many comparisons for this show. I want to spend the entire episode <laughs> just talking about every other thing. Lucy in the Sky, Interstellar, Gravity, The Martian, Ad Astra, Another Life Away, uh, The Cloverfield Paradox. I have everything. I want to jump to the comparisons as quick as possible, but we do need to talk about the plot of the yes, show.
1: Right. What do you know about the plot? Seeing that you didn't watch it. I actually don't know anything about it. I tried to stay away from it. All right, all right, that's fair. So
0: when the dead body of a Russian cosmonaut crashes into the International Space Station at a speed uh, capable of causing catastrophic destruction to the life support system but also not fast enough to destroy the body itself so like the person it would go through metal but somehow the body was intact and even though it's like a mummified skeleton of a of a body uh one of the five crew members on the iss dies three of them are then dispatched in an escape pod back to earth and then one of them our main character, Joe, or Johanna Erickson, is left to MacGyver her way uh, into the last space vessel that's still somewhat uh, able to go back to Earth, Soyuz 1, and she uh, before her air runs out. And
1: that explains where you're getting kind of the Martian from. It also reminds me of the beginning of Mass Effect 2, strangely enough. The, I don't remember the space, that space, the spaceship kind of gets destroyed. And then yeah. suddenly the main character It's an
0: ongoing premise where you see space destruction, mm-hmm. fire in space, all that stuff. The first episode's called The Wounded Angel. In the second episode, uh, Joe, then it's her it's her homecoming because she takes 50 minutes to do it. But she does fix that ship up and or the escape pod. And she uh, installs the batteries. She tabulates all the calculations and then launches back uh, into Earth. And that episode's called Live and Let Die. The third episode is when Joe spends most of the time trying to convince a tribunal of all the space agencies out there of what she actually saw. She's the only one who saw that it was a Russian cosmonaut body that that
1: caused the destruction. So the first two episodes spend a lot of time in space. And then the third episode is almost like the fourth season of Lost where you spend time on Earth. Well,
0: actually, Joe is the main character, but she's not the only character that gets their point of view said, And that is one of the errors of the show because it spends way too much time on Henry, Bud, Irina, Alice, Magnus, all the surrounding characters that are back on Earth and really unnecessary. I understand that they're trying to serve this other plot because in the third episode, she's trying to convince the tribunal, right? She eventually just concedes that it was a trash debris um, like bag that looked a little bit like a <laughs> Russian cosmonaut okay. just so that they would allow her to go home and, and spend some time with her daughter. But while all of this is going on with the first three episodes plot, the other plot that's happening is that there is this phenomena that has occurred where uh, I guess reality has been breached. And there has been a split in the universe, and now you have two worlds that are sort of, or maybe three, that are sort of like blending into one another. So that's where the
1: counterpart comparison comes into play.
0: Yes, I'll get more into that a little bit later, but how we see it the most is that we see
1: another version of Joe, or who I think is another version of Joe,
0: in the snowy country of Sweden, where she's from, with her daughter... Alice, but she thinks she's in the wrong, or that she thinks that Alice isn't her daughter. Like it's the wrong Alice. Uh-huh, because right. she finds another Alice. In a haunted uh, cabin across the snowy landscape, she brings her back to her cabin, and then that Alice disappears. And so the first Alice says, "If you don't think that I'm your Alice, then where's my mom?" And that's how the <laughs> third episode ends. Now we're dealing with like so a
1: dark there, situation. Well, it's
0: the thing with counterpart, like you were saying, where it, it, imagine counterpart where people split the paradox universe, and then they cause them, they like could walk onto the other realm. Right. But this, the problem with this is that in Constellation, it's so unstable that people are zapping in and out of reality that we're led to believe that that Russian cosmonaut who crashed into the ship, the dead one, is actually the real life living person on Earth, Irene, but if in a reality where her spacecraft didn't make it. Because there are no un- uncounted for Russian uh, astronauts that or cosmonauts that ever died in space for there to have been a cosmonaut to go hurtling into the uh, ISS. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, no, I understand it, but I'm trying to, I struggle to see how Collider, because they compared it to something like Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yeah, let's get into those comparisons. First of all, you said it yourself,
0: Apple loves space drama, right? They also love international shows. From Pachinko onward, they've been trying to make those casts, and I like that. And I also like that they mix in languages, and we get a chance to see that. Expensive uh, cinematic quality. You get the uh, sun coming up over the atmosphere, or, or uh, first hitting the spacecraft and all those space shots it looks incredible the VFX are great. They spend like four minutes on the credits for them. <laughs> um, but but when it comes to comparisons, though, Lucy in the Sky is the one that I would say starts off my list because. Oh,
1: and that was probably the worst out of the yes, ones Yes, it was panned.
0: It was that Noah Hawley movie that starred Natalie Portman coming back from her space trip and where she's experiencing uh, all magical realism, psychological uh, impact of like she can't tell what's real and what's not, right, and she's also having sort of a midlife crisis yeah. at the same time. The big criticism for that, along with the fact that it was very confusing as a plot, is that it perpetuated this long standing idea that astronauts begin to lose their grip on reality once they've been in space for long enough. And we've also seen this presented in a kind of a more interesting way, like Matt Damon's character in Interstellar. He sort of loses it. Gordo for For All Mankind. I really liked that episode in season one and also how it bled over into season two. Right, the storyline, yeah. However, here, Joe, we're pretty keen on the fact that she is actually experiencing the truth for as much as that lack of oxygen to her brain may have Uh, impacted her cognitive function and also caused hallucinations. It seems like what she's experiencing is also being experienced by Alice, is also being experienced by Henry and has been since he was on an earlier Apollo flight. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with Irene. I, I think it's Irene. It might be. A, it, it's an I name. Um, so so yeah, you do have that kind of storyline. And the problem with that sort, sort of storyline is it's an unreliable narrator. And so if they don't do it very well, it makes for a really muddled plot.
1: I know that like with Apple TV shows, whenever they have an unreliable narrator, it never really works. I remember the changeling, which came out, I think, in October that was of last another one year. Of my-
0: comparisons because of the fact that she's not sure that Alice is her daughter. She smells Alice and she's like, you don't smell like her. That (laughs) is something that the mom in the changeling would absolutely do.
1: I saw Severance was also compared to this. Is it just because it's Apple or anything else? The mind
0: bendiness of it. uh, Severance is one of those shows where you can see it's giving you as many answers as it's giving you questions. This show is not giving you a lot of answers.
1: Okay, so it's like Raised by Wolves as well. That was was the next one. Another space one. Yeah, but that wasn't apple was it
0: um gravity because remember this is Sandra bullock on her own in space the real awesomeness of 2013 2014 when that 13 alfonso yeah. coran when he first showed that we hadn't ever seen anything like right. that now seeing it it's like oh this is just one of many that can mm. that can show us those visuals but it's still cool to see um the one man mission storyline uh it was joe in episode one and two it, the martians also done that At astro was all about that Outside of space movies, we've already talked about Counterpart, but Fringe had a very similar premise of the other version of you in the season two, season three. We even had a scene where Walter, the dad in that show, was walking the son of the other Walter in his other universe. He was stealing Uh that son over a wintry plain snowscape, which was very similar to in Constellation, how she's pulling Alice along to this other haunted uh, uh, cabin
1: that's in the woods. And take the evil out of it, but of course us. That, that with like the double person yeah yeah
0: yeah. us is good annihilation that was the other Natalie right, Portman film where Oscar Isaac came back and there was like a different version of him the thing about uh annihilation and the changeling is that those are more in us even is that those are more parasitic others yes those are ones right. that are hell-bent on hurting you well I think in this one it's like two different realities that don't even understand that they've been mixed and that don't really want to be mixed, but because of this experiment that they were running in space, that uh, Mike's character, sorry, not Mike, Jonathan Banks' his character, who played Mike from Breaking Bad, yeah, course, yeah. whose name is Henry in the show, he goes by Henry in one of his universes, and then he goes by Bud in the other. And Bud is super pissed off at Henry, because apparently when Bud was, on- they're both Henry, but when Bud was on Apollo 13 back in the day, he saved his crew,
1: but ended up in the wrong universe, where Henry had screwed things up. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. And and I'm glad that you brought up Breaking Bad because what happened was the creator, Peter Harness, he's become known for working on BBC's Wall Lander starring Kenneth Rana in 2012 and 2016. He's ran for Doctor Who and also he adapted the Johnston Strange and Mr. Norrell series back in 2015 and then even did the War of the Worlds miniseries in 2019. He decided to create this show because he was really fascinated with space and then Michelle McLaren, who was the director for this, saw his name attached and was like, absolutely she's worked on barrack hall Saul, westworld leftovers game of thrones breaking bad and then jonathan banks saw that michelle McLaren was working on the show and also saw that they got numi rapaz who he had wanted to work with for a long time so then he decided to sign on to to uh, be casting it i i love that jonathan banks was here he was obviously the person i recognized the most i didn't even know joe was
0: the girl from the dragon tattoo lady until later on but like with mike there who i will always consider mike I 'm going to jump to a con here. It might have been better if he had been dressed up as Dr. Eggman, twirling the mustache <laughs> and everything because the first two episodes he he spends the entire time devoted toward one thing joe 's life is on the line in space she 's the only astronaut still there, and they need to get her home and everybody is concerned about doing that, bringing her back home safely, even though they've lost contact with her and all he cares about is getting his experiment, this microchip that 's in this big plasma thingy uh, get it back down because it's going to prove that there's another form of matter. Mm-hmm. And so like he is just propelled like he goes to Kazakhstan and he's like she's got to get the thing she's got to get the thing but the problem that the biggest inconsistency is that like her chances at survival getting back to earth are so slim and low presented in that second episode that everybody thinks she dies Everybody stands up for a moment of silence the second that the timer runs out so on the air supply. So that's
1: like the Martian, like you were saying. Yes,
0: but like everyone gives up. Everybody stops doing their job. It's not even like with CPR, which we see earlier on in the show where an astronaut dies, but they still do CPR for 10 minutes just in case. You right. Know? <laughs> but like with her, it was like the air runs out by a timer, which is an estimated uh, timer, and, uh, and everybody in the world just stops working. And it made no sense, but at the same time, even when she does eventually get out and prove everybody wrong and make it into the atmosphere, the chances that, because she had to do the math herself, that she would be able to get into orbit and not burn up, we're like phenomenally low right so she what she does is she sends a she has an ipad because it's an apple series and she makes a goodbye video to her uh husband magnus and her daughter alice and she throws it back into the iss knowing that it's not livable for uh say humans but eventually they could send people back up is there that is that for the remainder st- of stuff i'm, I'm getting somewhere yeah. with it because jonathan banks again was so obsessed about getting that data from that data core or whatever that he made her take that with her but it would have been so much safer in the ISS because it would have still survived in there in zero gravity because it doesn't need oxygen. Does that make sense? Like him demanding that she take it home with her was so much more putting that research at risk than had he told her just to keep it there. So I don't understand why his entire character thing in those first two episodes was so a, a obsessed with that.
1: Well, so you said that everyone knew that she, or thought that she died. Everybody was like super convinced. They They had a moment of silence for her. How did they, they prayed f- for her. How did yes. they figure? Was it the video that showed that she was alive? Yeah, so a lot of crazy up? luck things
0: happened to Joe, but we, I still have some more comparisons and I really <laughs> have to get through okay. them. Okay, so you know how there's the foreign substance in the sky that scares us all the time? For instance, uh, in life it was that like uh, weird starfish creature, mm-hmm. right?
1: And bird box an
0: alien it's literally an alien bird box you were saying in the sky that's I what I you're it. saying there yeah and Sandra Bullock again but mostly what happens is that people get infected by these things because they have some sort of contact with it right mm-hmm. in expanse it's the protomolecule if you remember you touch that and you turn blue and, and it infects you In invasion there's these special children and also these comatose adults who are
1: right where they always connected into that to the state. aliens
0: via radio waves in um, uh, You could say in Fantastic Four, there's the gamma radiation in the sky that somehow connects them and turns them into superheroes. It's always something that's happening up there. In this case, it's a new matter. So name the states of matter for me. You should go back to your high school biology and tell me what the four oh, states God, of
1: matter are. Oh, God, I have no All idea. All right, so you get
0: solid, liquid, gas, and plasma, right? But they're <laughs> on the verge of <laughs> getting a new state of matter. That's the what, fifth one, That's okay. what Henry's obsessed with. And that's also what's causing the breach in reality. And it's called the data um, blue microchip that he has in this thing. So that's the thing that Joe and Bud and Henry and the rest of them are connected with that is causing them to be weird. Um, You also have Another Life and Away. You remember those? uh, Yeah, well,
1: Away was the one that got canceled, the Netflix series. And Another Life was canceled too. That was with Katie
0: Sackhoff and uh, Justin Chatwin. The husband on earth, the husband on earth with a kid. (laughs) That is so unnecessary in every show we've ever read with it. Like, I understand... Well, For All Mankind had it. The difference with For All Mankind is that for the majority of the first season, he's not in space. It's showing his journey. It's showing his home life. It's showing the 60s. There are so many more reasons why they're showing his wife and the kid. But this is particular to Another Life Away in this show, and also Special Ops Lioness, because normally it's showing the, the woman at work and then for some other reason, we're watching the husband do his job, <laughs> yeah, right. even though his, the job here is him as like a French teacher. So they do not need to be included, but they are for the sake of I think it's like, oh, look what we're doing. This is the gender norm flip. Um, but we really don't have a reason to care about Magnus or that she may have had an affair before she left. And, and there's, that,
1: there's always that. There's always that in a space show as well. An affair that happens that they can't talk about because they have to go to space. Did yeah, you yeah. recognize where Magnus was from? because he, yes no i did but then i forgot <laughs> so he's been in a lot of christopher nolan things dunkirk oppenheimer Broadchurch, homeland but also he was edwin jarvis in agent carter and in that one scene of avengers endgame yes, where okay. howard potts turns to him and he has that one line uh-huh um, now, now i recognize him the cloverfield paradox
0: because if you remember that short-lived movie there's a <laughs> dis, the dismembered arm right yeah that was in the trailer there's a dismembered arm in the first like 15 minutes of this paul gets his arm cut off, because he gets trapped uh, when the the ISS is exploding, and then he dies afterwards. But um, yeah, there was that. And then Search Party and Fool Me Once both have a scene where someone gets pushed off a boat, a huge cruise ship, and then dies. And at the very end of episode three of this show of of Somewhere in Space Hangs My Heart of Constellation, uh, Bud's character, that's the alternate reality version of Henry, K- kills someone by throwing them off. Right,
1: I saw the final five minutes of episode three, yeah. and suddenly it, and it flashes.
0: this huge boat. Yes, it's very confusing. One half of the thing is spent with Henry get, hooking up with the Russian cosmonaut lady, and then the other one um, and then her, like, turning into a dead body, which is to show that they don't really have sisters, but they refer to them as their sister and their brother, when really that's just their alter
1: selves. Yeah, because it was like the Walking Dead, yeah. almost. I think that there was an uh, there was intro that they didn't use for the Walking Dead that was very similar With Rick and Lori.
0: Yeah, it was. And then I I thought of Misfits when they had the girl flash to her, like, crazier looking self. Or you could think of um, Game of Thrones where she takes off the necklace and suddenly she's super old Uh and creepy. Yeah, um, but now I can jump to my pros and cons if you want. Yeah, sure. All right, so yeah, there's the creepy horror tone, which it really sells well. Uh, Very eerie, the creepy cabin at the beginning, the dark hallways, Joe being haunted by those noises. Apple loves noises. We've talked about (laughs) this in Pachinko, but they, they concentrate so hard on trying to make the audience like feel their emotions and they're really good
1: at it. Yes, this was compared to rank and I was so confused as to why Collider said that. Well, that's why. But yes, I understand it the now. The VFX, nine out of 10 on this one. You got space,
0: zero gravity, sunlight hitting the spacecraft at dawn, ship pods violently plummeting through the atmosphere. Fire in space. I really loved, again, that zero gravity thing where we now have the technology to do shows where it's, I guess, easier to have multiple people spinning around. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. seen it in Expanse, but now Apple's doing it. Um, And then Jonathan Banks, he does have a scene that I really like. I think it's in the third episode where he's talking to Alice. This is after he's gotten his, his joy back, his, his uh, cow whatever exper- right. experiment. And it reminded me so much of him when he was talking to this kid of his Breaking Bad character because of how much of a grandpa he right. is to, I forgot what her name is in, the, in that show. But in this show, when he's talking to Alice, it was like straight up just, oh, I love this scene. Yeah. Cons, though. Plot inconsistencies galore. Okay, so again, we talked about how much they tried to be accurate with this show. At one point, when they did the CPR on Paul, who was the guy who died in the first episode, they were doing horizontal CPR on him, right. which was the coolest thing to see because that's the only way they could get his body up because he was vertical and because of the space. That it was it was awesome. They also use uh, duct tape to like keep their stuff down, which is what astronauts do when they crash land back onto Earth. They put sunglasses on the astronauts, not only because it looks cool, but uh, also because they are very weak and they need it for the sunlight. The UV radiation is very different. They're not in a spacecraft anymore. But I could tell even as a novice that they were not doing things that they probably should have. For instance, the very beginning, we see Joe talking to Alice on Earth through an iPad. And even from the space station upstairs, (laughs) (laughs) it's like a delay. There is a delay of a couple seconds, but they were talking over each other. They were literally like they were on a phone call in next door with one another. And I know the iPad is like a promotional tool that Apple is trying to say, hey, we get great reception, (laughs) but it's virtually impossible for that to be the case. So there should have been like a back and forth delay there. That's obviously a nitpick. Um, She, when Joe lands on back onto earth, she gets a lot of physical therapy, but she's being um, questioned so much about her memory and stuff like that that you would think that they would throw in a therapist for all these astronauts who've just come home. And they really don't. We don't see any scenes where she's just talking to a therapist. Uh, Even after all that stuff that I talked about with Henry's character how he was obsessed with getting the research back. When he goes in there, he's not wearing a hazmat suit. He goes right up to the uh, d- the downed um, escape capsule, and he just walks up there and grabs it. No protection. And then he does, like, his own experiment on it. And I'm just like, he, you're not even wearing gloves. You're not making sure that your biological material are not, is getting close to that thing. Like, it just didn't make any sense that way. And then they use uh, the classic approach of explaining a- away a lot of the confusion by saying things like, oh, it's the observer effect. That's how mm-hmm. Henry puts it. Like, you're able to see things that other people aren't able to see there's uh, Schrodinger was thrown in there Heisenberg principle was thrown in there <laughs> uh, I, I, one of my favorite scenes which wasn't really a good scene but him yelling double quantum signal <laughs> 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 like <laughs> he just doesn't sell it as a as a um, science guy. They also throw on this like random crap that I really didn't like. The Henry Irina storyline, the love story between Joe and Frederick. Why did everyone have to rush to Kazakhstan when she got downed for an inter- when it's an international incident and everybody has their own space program? Joe has incredibly bad luck, but then she also tends to figure it out really in like nonsensical ways. Like her, I think the computer was saying that she couldn't do something in the escape. Uh, pod and instead of after clicking a bunch of buttons she just starts whamming the monitor and it it works it just starts (laughs) working there is a ghost that lets her out because her escape pod is like one of the buckles that needs to release it gets stuck and it needs this person on the other end in the iss to let her out and so a ghost does a ghost (laughs) yeah yeah it's like i think it's her from the other alternate reality or it could be a dead person or it could be paul She had to go home with Paul, who was the dead guy next to her the whole time. That was kind of funny. And then when she does land in the middle of the desert, they just decided to throw in a wolf. Like she opens the pod door and there's a wolf there.
1: Just, it just seems like there was a ton of random stuff. It felt that they, like that was a
0: little bit AI. Like, hey, what what should we add in here? More drama? Oh, okay, we're going to stick something even scarier out there. And then someone tries to shoot the wolf, and then everybody shows up, and she's taken out of the pod. And okay,
1: I, like I that. think that I should jump to the game now, because there's two truths and one lie, because it, it deals a little bit with what you're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. So the first one is Scott Kelly helped William Catlett, who plays Paul Lancaster with his role. This, Paul barely was in it, though
0: so far he again he
1: dies in the first 15 minutes okay the second one is to prepare for their roles the main cast had to undergo astronaut training for at least two weeks Can
0: you repeat the first one again one more time
1: yeah scott kelly helped okay. well, William scott, Mark. yeah yeah so and then the third one is peter harness wrote a pilot after a vacation in sweden where during the middle of the night he heard a child calling for her mama in the forest but never found the girl Okay, and one of them is false? One of them is false, I think
0: the first one is false.
1: Actually, the first one is true. The second one is false. They did not have to undergo astronaut training. I think Numi Rapace did. She did, like, a lot of core strength. But Scott Scott Kelly even tweeted two weeks uh, before Constellations came out that the space scenes are great. You're welcome, if not... My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing, though, about Paul's
0: character is, again, he's only there for like a couple minutes. So that just means he's going to show up again later on. Because there's uh, yeah. no other reason. The only other reason I thought that was fake was because Henry's character plays that double where there's him and then there's Bud on the other end. And I thought if anybody that Scott would be talking to, it would be him because he knows what it is to have his brother, his, his bald brother. And they're both bald. So yeah, and I, and I was <laughs> also
1: going to say the actor who plays Paul Lancaster was doing a lot of interviews as well. So if that we've was the seen, last time you saw we've him. We've
0: seen flashes of him show up sort of in ghost form
1: where like they were at his gravesite, And if...
0: Um, one of the things that Joe can do is that she can hear distortion around her a lot of the time and then if she really listens then suddenly it becomes clear and it's Paul's voice telling her to do things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What
1: would you give the show out of 10?
0: Ultimately, we're in the dark with a lot of stuff. Maybe we've been opened into a different portal or another dimension. <laughs> the type of show is going to justify itself by nonsense of like this is because of quantum mechanics and I, I that's impossible to understand. Like mm-hmm. scientists can't understand quantum mechanics. I don't find that that satisfying. They had three episodes to win me over. Um, I'm not like thrilled with the characters either. Overall, I think I'm just going to give it a four out of 10, um, this is not going to be one of the Apple space shows that I'll be watching.
1: Okay, there's eight episodes. It was filmed in Finland and Berlin, and the production received 10, 10 million euros, which is almost $11 million from the German Motion Picture Fund. It also received 1.5 million euros, which is about $1.5 million um, from Business Finland. So mm-hmm. that's why they shot there. The show has gotten mixed to positive reviews. It has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.1. Collider gave it an eight out of 10, but then Rolling Stones titled their review In space, no one can hear you snore. Instead, the thriller reminds you some TV shows should just be a movie. It's better than Invasion, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's got
0: some cool scenes. Again, when things were going to hell in the ISS in the first episode, it was pretty awesome to watch that. They really shouldn't have then flipped away to the Earth storyline. I know with Expanse, you don't like the Earth storyline ever, but this is like taking that and adding a bunch of other things because there's like needless politics going on. We're watching like things where they're trying to make it more Entertaining because they're saying, well, this happened in the past, and these characters are really like trying to relive that or, or trying to fix something that's broken. And, and we just don't care. We just
1: wanted to watch Joe's journey. And maybe had they spent more time on that it wouldn't have felt as bloated it's sad because of the talent they had i know that even the main actor from the majorca files is in this tv show i think as he well. might be frederick yes I, he is frederick so frederick is
0: this character that first of all he was supposed to have trained her and so when he breaks the news to magnus that she's probably going to die in space frederick starts crying even though he's supposed to be like one of the top tier dudes, it, everybody's position feels very strange. And it takes Magnus being like, hey, hold, pull yourself together. And it's like, why is, why is Frederick crying again? You're supposed to be trained for this type of stuff. And then uh, he later on kind of like touches her in a way that makes it seem like the version of Joe that he's used to dealing with uh, is OK with that. So that's what makes it believe that she might be the one that uh, is supposed to be in the Arctic Or actually in Sweden with uh, that other Mm -hmm. version of Alice.
1: And I know that Numi Rapaz, again, the person who played Joe, is actually Swedish herself. Yes. Do you want to take a guess as to how long Jonathan Banks has been acting for? 50 years. 57 years. Yes. He's been an astronaut in the show for
0: over 50 years, so I just took a guess (laughs) based on that. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.